Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a brand new unit sent to us by friend, new DM, TTRPG player, uh, <laughs> and most importantly, listener, Hannah. Thank you so much, Hannah. Uh, you brought us the Sad Girl unit previously, and now here you are with a modern mythology unit. I'm not going to complain about this one. Yeah. Um, Throwing us I a thought, nice slow ball. Is that what? Is that the phrase? Is that the sports phrase? It could be. Could be. It is now. <laughs> um, I was a little bit like, well, modern mythology, like I already read so much of that, right? But I mm. actually think that I don't yeah. really. Like ret- I think it's, yeah, retellings mm-hmm. are different than modern mythology, right? Because like yeah. modern mythology is like, to kind of get to what this genre yeah. is, is like it is the modern day and also there are still mythological figures around, right? Yes. In whatever mm-hmm. form that takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is it is an interesting twist because, yeah, we usually do like a, a retelling or or yeah. um, <laughs> just Hades, Persephone's romances right, of all flavors, right. which you know, may or may not count. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of them don't because they're usually either set in like the distant past or whatever, mm-hmm. or it's like modern, but uh, like All, like fantasy world. Yeah, or even like um, that sort of like oh, it's a Hades Persephone story, but they're not called Hades Persephone. That's mm-hmm. just the dynamic, right? So That's then it's true, like yeah. not really yeah. So mm-hmm. we love a death god of any flavor. <laughs> love honestly. any death god. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this this week we are reading the book Lore by Alexandra Bracken. I've not read any Alexandra Bracken before. I know she's pretty famous in the YA sphere for the Darkest Mind trilogy and the time travel one with the boats on the covers. Mm. Didn't read them. Passenger, maybe? Could be. I've also <laughs> not read any Alexandra Bracken, and I actually only had heard of her from this book mm, okay. um, because I'd actually borrowed this book from the library ages ago and just didn't get around to reading it. Classic. Uh, I do that a lot. All right. <laughs> I um, just keep it for several weeks and take it back. Like yeah, this was yeah. a fun little errand for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what'd you think? I, this, this uh, first, first book in the, the genre. Yeah. I, uh, I liked this one. I liked that it was a standalone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I tell you how worried I was <laughs> yes. for most of this that I was going to have to commit to more books after this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pleasant surprise. Yes. And I like that it is, I, I think this is, yeah, this is a YA book, but it wasn't like pandering or anything. Like mm. this is, this is a book that is about like fighting and killing and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Um, yeah, I liked it as well. I thought there were like a couple things that I'm probably going to nitpick over but and, yeah. you know, a bunch of That's stuff us. I'll probably goof about. But overall, I thought um, I liked the main character. I mm-hmm. liked most of the side characters. I thought there were some... Love the conceit uh, of this. I, it's been a while since I've read a high concept uh, sort of like fantasy novel like this. I feel like a lot of my mm-hmm. fantasy and sci-fi reading has been very um, not like more... Uh, like Chill, vibes, vibes, vibes recently yeah. than um, necessarily that. having to like get through a lot of like this is the way this works because of this because of this because of this and I don't always gravitate towards that but I 
think it worked pretty well in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I, there, There is a lot you'll have to forgive, especially right at the top of the summary, that like mm-hmm. we're just going to have to get into exposition immediately. Yeah. Like who are they? What? What is this? Um, but yeah, it was, this is like a fully formed idea and world and everything is done in like what 450 ish pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt whole. It, it, the world building I thought was very, uh, tight, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I felt like it could have gotten hokey at a few places mm-hmm. and I think it mainly avoided that. If this had been like stretched into a duology or something, uh-huh. it would have been. been like, okay. yeah. Um, it definitely occasionally got to be that sort of thing that happens in sci-fi where it's like nobody's gonna ask why more than twice right where Mm -hmm. it's like okay Mm -hmm. well we need to get the Aegeus shield well why oh because we need to to keep it from wrath well why uh because he's really bad okay cool like (laughs) enough enough explanation it's still a lot of like (laughs) well I don't I don't know that but why why fully get okay for sure yeah um (laughs) you just gotta go along with it yeah it it so there's so many like little things flying around at you that eventually you just mm-hmm. kind of like lean into it and let it let yeah. it happen. Yeah. I, I think like the last modern mythology that I really got into mm. uh, was Percy Jackson stuff, like the Natch. Heroes of Olympus, the later Percy Jackson books. So it has been a while since I've kind of dipped into this. Um, kind of had a hard time remembering who each like god and goddess was. Mm-hmm. For Like legit spent the first half of this book being like, ah, yes, Athena, the one who's married to Zeus. <laughs> and oh, I was like, no. oh, wait, nope. That's, <laughs> that's nope. very incorrect. <laughs> very wrong. <laughs> this girl has daddy issues and the daddy is Zeus. Though... I mean, I've, that's also, you know, incest was very big in the Greek pantheon no, not also. That so. particular not one, that though, one. I don't not that one. Not that one. She's his, his brain child. I have not uh, strayed far from, from my Greek mythology, mm. Greek myth kid roots. Um, yeah. I, it's your bread and butter. Yeah, I didn't have any trouble remembering who the various gods were. Um, but kind of on the flip side of the point you raised of like, yeah, it took a second to get into it. Um, I felt like the gods in this were, uh, it was it was interesting the way that they were like presented. Right, they mm. weren't necessarily. She wasn't choosing to focus on necessarily like the things that usually get focused on with them. Like mm-hmm. Athena as like the city sort of thing was a very interesting like conceit that I don't see used very much yeah, as like different cities. emphasis for her yeah or like um apollo being like medicine Healy i mean boy. like that definitely is a thing but i feel like he ge- like generally in portrayals people lean towards the music part more um so i thought you know she made some interesting choices in terms of like how these gods were uh interacting with the world as you know after all of these years and whatever and i i thought uh she did some some cool stuff with sort of meta text in terms of the myths and how myths are passed down and remembered Mm -hmm. and how that uh like how things change and like does it matter more what the story ends up being or does it matter more what you actually did you know yes yeah so to kind of segue into like who would you recommend this book to Mm -hmm. I feel like this is this could be like a widely appreciated one like I said I think it's very good um you know it 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 is it is a YA book so you're gonna get you know some of some of the YA tropes with like you know the friends to lovers situation in the middle of combat and pairing the spares and you know all Mm -hmm. this stuff um but 
it's pretty solid. The writing is good. World building's good. It doesn't pull its punches. I liked it. Solid. Yeah. Read it. Join us. Thank you, I, Hannah. I agree, and I think if you are a YA fan of the same like age as us who came up in a certain era of YA, <laughs> mm-hmm. like this really reminded me of some of the books that I read in high school in terms of like like the Cassie Clare of it all, the Holly Black mm. of it all, like that sort of yeah. A li- and I mean like you know Cassie Clare, we can dissect that, but uh, we don't have enough time to dissect <laughs> Cassie Clare today. No. That's for our Patreon. That's for our Patreon. <laughs> uh, I, I think that this this felt a little um, nostalgic for me in a way, yeah. where like I haven't really dipped into this kind of YA genre in a while, and I, I liked it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, what else have you been dipping into lately? Um, well, I accidentally sort of, I guess, read a book that kind of plays on modern right, mythology, but right. not really. Uh, continuing my trend from a couple weeks ago of reading books in romance series that I had kind of fallen off of, mm-hmm. um, I just finished the third book in Olivia Dade, Dades, can never remember how to say it, mm-hmm. um, series, uh, which the third one's called Shipwrecked, but the whole series is about like a cast of a basically Game of Thrones and various little romances and whatever. So in this particular one, it's um, two characters who are, or two actors who are cast as like these enemies to lovers who are shipwrecked. So they have to go film away Uh from like the rest of the crew and they kind of have like a little enemies to lovers thing going on. Um, And you know, it's just, it it was a lot more uh, like, life I feel like because then the other two in the series like it was a lot less um hijinks I think than the Mm -hmm. other two in the series because it was a lot more of just like them filming together for literally like six years and then kind of like trying to navigate their relationship after that and how that is going to play out and it was it was definitely different I think than the first two and I did enjoy it and also she's a big uh, body positivity writer so you know yeah. that's always a plus in romance I feel like I need to check out that author yeah. and the mythology connection was that the show that they're all on is like based on the Aeneid so there's a lot of myth references gotcha I, I realized as I said that that I had said there's a connection and I was gonna roll with it yeah cool <laughs> what have you been reading um, well, I did read uh, the novella A Dead Gin in Cairo by P. Oh, Jelly yeah. Clark, which I think you've mentioned on the podcast mm-hmm. before. Yep. Um, just kind of going through the novellas and short stories to prepare to read A Master of Gin, which is the first official book in mm-hmm. in the series. It was only pub- is like the most recently published one. Um, but it was really good. It's like a it's it takes place in um, in Egypt in 1912, I think. And it follows a um, a woman detective who she investigates like uh, paranormal uh, crimes because some event happened and now there are uh, jinn and and angels and all kinds of like paranormal creatures um, and Egypt has become like kind of a pretty big powerful country like they overthrew um, whatever imperialists <laughs> those guys they, they made the white people leave 
Um, and so I thought it was really good. Like it was like a, what, a 40 something page novella um, and, you know, had a whole crime in it and introduced you to this whole fun new world. I'm very excited to get into a longer novel um, in, in the world um, and really appreciating that. And I'm also currently reading a romance uh, called um, called <laughs> King of Wrath by Anna Huang. And uh, it's just another billionaire romance. But I was like, hey, has the same name as someone from this book in the title. So <laughs> perfect connection. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, can't say I don't do my homework for the podcast. <laughs> no one was going to say that. Uh, yeah, speaking of homework for the podcast, I Let's... have so many notes for this episode I once again. I was reading this and I was like, I don't know how we need to approach this because yeah. it is very like little pieces that all matter, but also kind of don't exactly. matter, you know, like, it's, yeah. I feel like I feel like maybe if we just say we're going to glaze over some stuff and if you want the full details go read the book maybe because Yeah, this is one we don't mind like yeah. pushing you towards. Yeah, I think that uh uh if we get too caught in minutia we're not going to have much time for anything else cuz there's a lot mm-hmm. of minutia. Which we fully say here at the top of the episode, but when have we not been caught in minutia? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a trap for us. <laughs> Quicksand. <laughs> I mean, I mean more like minutia that actually matters versus mm. like minutia. Yeah, but besides the minutia that definitely doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll get. We into have to choose it, between the funny minutia and the minutia that's plot relevant, and I feel like we should lean towards funny minutia for absolutely that opportunity. You absolutely. Know? <laughs> uh, I always say, like, one of these days I'm gonna learn and I'm gonna type up the notes as I read, mm. so that the the day of recording I don't have to go back and basically like speed read the whole book to yeah. remember what events happened in what order. It took me like two hours to do this today because, of course, I'm sitting there like I could be doing anything else like checking TikTok or playing my mobile games or like <laughs> this is not a task that should take this long. But yet somehow I make it. Um, <laughs> See, I had the opposite experience of procrastinating and yeah. reading the book today because I did not realize how long it was because for mm. some reason on Hoopla, it says it's 292 yes, pages. Yes, I was also lied to that by is Hoopla. Not it's not. It's 450 Hoopla. or something. It's not accurate. No. Yeah, the book the book page number immediately changes when you open yeah. the book and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? Excuse you. I thought this was going to be a quick read. Easy how dare beautiful. you, Hoopla? Whoever's, whoever's listening to our podcast that works for Hoopla and has please the power to like it. go yeah. and change those digits, yes, please. Do future readers a favor. <laughs> I should have known when I pulled up the audiobook and it was like 16 hours long. And I was like, that can't be possible. It's a 200 page book. Right. <laughs> Seems fake. I also listened to the audiobook for parts mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. It was uh, a good audiobook, I think. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, let me start our summary by talking about our main character, Lore. This is the first page of my notes is divided into se- two sections, and the sections are Lore dash who is and the second section is Aegon dash what is <laughs> oh see I thought you were gonna say lore dash who is and lore dash what is what like is oh, yeah, that would have been good too yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dang I should have done that um but our main character is named Melora Perseus she goes by oh lore. Melora oh Melora <laughs> she is the only remaining descendant of the house of Perseus um 
because she two there's two big extinction events i guess for the house of perseus um they didn't do well yeah no uh (laughs) the the most recent one being that her her family who was already there was like five of them and that was it that was the house of perseus uh her her parents and her two younger sisters were found brutally murdered at the end of the last aegon um when they were supposed to be safe it was supposed to be over they were supposed to just like get out of town and leave but um that didn't happen for reasons that will be explained later. Uh, so she's all on her own in the world. And she's also um, lost, well, not she, but their family has lost their weapon, which is the Aegis, Aegis, mm, uh, which is the shield that Athena once wielded in battle. And it's got like a, the face of a Gorgon on it, which is fitting for the House of Perseus because he's the one that fought Medusa, right? I think. I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's yes, an M did. question. Yeah. <laughs> I refer to I the also, expert. I'm not 100% sure, but I think the Aegis has Medusa's head on it. Mm. Don't quote me on that, though. All right. Yeah. I'm I Googled go Google it because I couldn't remember. And it said the face of a Gorgon. And I was like, I'll be I'll be as unspecific as Wikipedia. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, so the shield actually is believed to be in the possession of the house of Cadmus. So there's a lot of that. There's, I don't remember how many houses, but they're all basically, um, I think there's nine because there's nine gods, nine, gods. nine houses. Okay. Yeah. So there's the houses that all descended from heroes from Greek, um, mythology. Um, and they are, they're all hunters. I'll get to that in a second. So just bear with just me here, but pin, pin in that, pin in pin that. In that. <laughs> house of Cadmus is believed to have the shield, but, only a member of the House of Perseus can wield the shield unless they willingly hand it off to someone else, and the shield will just full-on disappear once the last member of the House of Perseus is dead. So keep that in mind. Um, after Laura's family died, she went into hiding for several years with another group of hunters, the House of Odysseus, until she ran into this man named Gil, who um, was he was this older gentleman she found like all beat up in france or something i don't remember where they were uh, but she I think it was new york was it no i think that i thought she was in i thought she was in france with the house of odysseus and they flew back to new york oh she maybe was like, i totally I missed that i was listening to the audiobook real fast because i was like i don't have time <laughs> i totally missed that and just thought it was in new york yeah i think because she like left the country after her family yeah. was murdered so um but he, Gil was this man who, an older gentleman who was like found beaten up and mugged on the streets of France somewhere. She took him to a hospital and as they got to talking, she was like, I can't just leave him to, to his own devices. So she was like, hey, what if I went with you to New York and just kind of like was your caretaker? And he was like, yeah, that sounds great. Move in with me. Um, but Which for the at story the time, she would have been 13. 13. And that's wild that nobody involved raised any flags. No one in the, any yeah, of that. I don't know. <laughs> she has all kinds of fake documentation due to yeah. the nature of her upbringing. So I, I don't know, man. I assumed, like, before we got some hard numbers down, I thought she was significantly older than yeah. she was. Yeah, I thought she was like 19 like 21 or 21 or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, she was. So then She's I was 17. like, okay, she was like 18 at the time that she got together with Gail and started working for him yeah, as like a caretaker no she's 13 she's yeah. fully 13 and no one at the airport like was like what's up with you what's traveling with, with a minor who you're clearly not related to because you don't have matching passports even a little bit there must have been just like a sprinkle of of uh magic there that, yeah, which we'll probably. get to later but yeah, like yeah. yeah it's a big like mm, 
how did this come to be? How sure? is Gil not like, all right, and what about your family? <laughs> like, <laughs> hmm. um, but Gil passed away six months before the beginning of this story. Uh, and he left his home and a bunch of money to Lore and her roommate, and also Gil's roommate, Miles, who is just kind of another kid that Gil took into the home, became Lore's best friend. Gil's just running like a teen camp here for two kids in his brownstone <laughs> home in New York City as a 70-something-year-old man. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. <laughs> Uh, and Laura's thing is like at the moment, she doesn't have to work because she was given a lot of money by Gil, but she takes part in this underground fighting ring just so she can feel something because she has been raised <laughs> as a fighter. She She's a hunter. Um, and so she's really, really good at it. But, uh, you know, she she doesn't want to be involved with her past life of being a hunter and doing this thing, this event called the Aegon. Okay, what is the Aegon? It is, uh, there was a poem from Zeus that says Zeus the nine- is feeling lyrical Zeus was having some feelings got out his journal <laughs> wrote this angsty poem to his nine children who betrayed him um and so, siblings and siblings yes I, Poseidon not, was in there yeah oh that's right he was so he Zeus was feeling some things he says every seven years for seven days you will all become mortal and in that time a group of of mortals descended from these Greek mythology figures, such as Odysseus and Perseus and Theseus, um, they will hunt you down. And if they kill you, then they become gods and you die and they take your powers. Mm -hmm. So the nine gods that were involved in this were Athena, Artemis, Apollo, Poseidon, Hephaestus, who has been permanently removed from the Aeon for a long time, does not come up in the story really definitely thought he was gonna show up I at thought some he was point gonna be secret because, yeah like, yeah because they like mentioned him in such a way that it was like we don't really know what happened yeah. to Hephaestus we don't like, talk about Hephaestus no no no, no. no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Aphrodite Dionysus Hermes and Ares those are those are our nine peeps um so the hunter who deals the finishing blow will ascend to godhood and then it's kind of like whatever house they belong to they kind of just like bestow them with favors and whatever godly power they have um so at the beginning of this novel the only original gods who are left alive are athena artemis and hermes who is only alive briefly uh, we see him die in the prologue it's a surprise to everybody else later in the book to the readers we we're like we we knew we knew um also, also, I should mention that this society of hunters and gods, whatever, they think women are weak and can't assume power. Like, women are allowed to be hunters. They're allowed to do fights and stuff, but they're not allowed to have any power. Um, and the, big, the, the first extinction event for the Perseus family was when one of the women in Lore's, one of the, one of the ancestors in the, in the house of Perseus, she became the new Poseidon, named herself Tidebringer. And then I think, like... I can't remember if the other hunters all decided, like, let's gang up on them and kill them all off, uh, except for, you know, one branch of the family, or if it was, like, they felt like they were cursed and people kept dying. I can't remember exactly what I, the situation I'm was. I'm pretty sure it was the um, the Cadmedes were 
the ones who did it because mm. I think that yeah that was the thing later that they were like because oh, that's how that they when they the took shield. the shield okay yeah and then like that's also like when her father had to turn to them to try to make an alliance and it was like oh you're lowering yourself to us gotcha. even though we killed your whole family this makes a lot more sense now yeah mm-hmm. wonderful so that's a, that's a lot of the background info you need to know at this point <laughs> I also would like to say yeah as the Greek mythology nerd I do think that that was one of the one moments of like okay so you just had to do it this way to make it work later right of like because it's all the gods are Zeus's kids like you said except for Poseidon and there is a plot important reason why Poseidon needs to be one of the gods involved in this shenanigans but thematically it doesn't make sense that he's here (laughs) because like the whole like the themes of the book are all like generational uh uh, breaking generational curses Mm. and like father child relationships and whatever and then you've just got like Zeus's bro is just yeah. hanging out, I guess. <laughs> Oop, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> whoopsie. I just ended up here so yeah. that we could have someone who could like flood the city later. Don't yeah, worry about interesting it. that it's Poseidon and not Hades because Hades mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. one that's usually like, you're the bad one. Look at you there yeah, in yeah. hell. <laughs> well, and also like a kind of, because I feel like that's kind of the, the classical view of things is like mm-hmm. Hades equals evil because we're conflating him with the Christian devil, right? Right. Um, but if you read a lot of Hades Persephone romances, well, you know that's now a misconception. I, right. And I think now also that, like, because everyone's horny for him. Absolutely. That that are. has kind of become not the case so much. Mm. That people are generally like, Hades is cool, obvs. Everyone um, dies. And usually the one that everyone's like, fuck this guy nowadays is Zeus. But this yeah. book had a pretty, like... Seemed neutral, Pretty like neutral to positive view of Zeus. I feel mm-hmm. like Zeus was kind of the one. Keeping Zeus was wronged. Zeus yeah. was Zeus was the the hero here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It did. You, now that you're thinking about it, like kind of all of the most negative characters are women. <laughs> yeah, I did. Hmm. That was also a thing of like I feel like the big twist one worked out well but I was for a minute there like really the whole thing is gonna be men repressing women and this is where we're going and okay the, yeah I guess there's a reason why they repress yeah. the women <laughs> there this was in classic YA of our youth uh syndrome of there is one main girl several boys and then maybe one other girl who doesn't get very much screen uh-huh. time and is kind of there and maybe backstabs a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was the dynamic. That happens like three times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so we got our background info. More will be coming. Don't worry. But that's all the background info you need to know now, I think. Apologies if you needed more information and I didn't provide it. Go read the book. It's fine. Um, so our story begins with... Um, lore in her fighting ring and a boy very cute hunky boy named Castor shows up to the fighting ring and initiates a fight with her who is Castor this is lore's former fighting partner like um like uh you know that close bond that that brothers in arms have you know mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of fighting partner uh he's from the house of Achilles and he's thought to have died of leukemia some time ago um, so this is a huge surprise to Lore. They do a fight and Castor leaves Lore with a cryptic message saying, he's looking for something and I don't know if it's you. 
and he leaves her a clue of where to find him if she wants to meet up. Laura's like, I have, I have no interest in my old life coming back. Like I did, I did the whole hunter thing for a while. My whole family died. I, I just, I want out. And um, by for a while, she means until the age of 10. Until she was 10 years old and she retired. <laughs> <laughs> and actually never was a full hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she's like, well, that's, that's really weird. I don't know if I'm going to pursue this because that sounds like some, a mess for me. I'm just going to go home. Um, and when she does, who does she find bleeding out on her front porch step, but the goddess Athena, Hmm. um, bleeding from a severe wound that she says she received from Artemis, her sister. They used to have an alliance, but Artemis is suddenly like, fuck you and tried to kill Athena. Uh, she demands shelter and aid from lore. Um, Laura's like, if I don't bring her in here, then other hunters are going to show up to my house and it's going to be a whole thing. I might die. So they're so horny for God blood. They're so horny for God blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and she also, the roommate Miles is there and he's freaking out. He's not good with blood and injuries and stuff. So he's like dry heaving in the background. He doesn't know anything about the Aegon or gods. Um, but Miles he's clocks filling this- another classic YA, uh, urban fantasy uh, role audience of stand-in. yes audience stand-in mundane person who is brought into the hijinks and mm-hmm. so we can explain everything the reason for exposition <laughs> miles <laughs> thank you miles you've done a great service to this book <laughs> we appreciate your existence um yes he knows nothing of the Aegon or gods he's what they call unblooded which sounds i don't know kind of gross pre- prepubescent woman yeah, thing. Yeah. I didn't like it. But uh, that's what he has. Um, and Athena convinces Lore, after some discussion, she's like, hey, we should make a deal. If you if you help me in this Aegon, in these seven days, you help me stay alive, don't let me die, I will tell you who killed your family. And Laura's like, I already know who killed my family. It was this guy, Aristos Cadmo, the House of Cadmus. He's the he's the new Ares. His god name is Wrath because that's the thing. Like once you kill a god and take their place, you have to come up with you have a to new come name up with for a yourself. Bad name, a yeah. Very silly name. A very silly name. And the new Ares is is <laughs> has named himself Wrath. Um. She's like, I already know who killed my family. It was Wrath. And Athena's like, no, Wrath just put out the hit. I know who uh, actually did the killing. And Laura's like, "Mm, I don't think that information matters to me because ultimately it was Wrath who did it. Like none of it would have happened if it wasn't for him being an ass. Uh, And then Athena's like, okay, so tell me what you want. And after some prying, Laura's finally like, I want Wrath to die, but I don't want to kill him because if I kill him, then I will ascend to godhood. And that just sounds like a lot. I don't, I don't want to deal with that and immortality and, you know, immeasurable powers, which is a thing that always kind of annoys me in main characters. This is an important feature of lore is that she doesn't want to be a god. She doesn't. She doesn't want to be involved at all. So this is like, this is her last, like, you son of a bitch, I'm in for her one last, you know, mm. um, heist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, she retires at the ripe age of 17. Of 17, yeah. <laughs> Pulled back in after a long break of seven years. Um, and Athena's like, okay, okay, okay. I will kill Wrath for you if you help me stay alive. So let's bind our faiths together. And Laura's like, mm, sounds like a bad idea, but okay, let's do it. They bind their fates together, which means if one of them dies, so does the other. They are bound together. Their fates are intertwined. But only Very for cool. these seven days. Yeah, only for seven days until Athena regains her immortality, yada, yada, yada. So then Laura fills Miles in on her true life story. And he's all like, ah, cool. 
I, I think this is all kind of exciting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also horny for God blood. Yeah, please. I would like to be un, uh, un-unblooded. <laughs> <laughs> and then Laura's like, okay, so I need to keep Athena alive. I have next to no medical knowledge or supplies. There's one fucking person I know who could help me. Castor. He left me that message. He wants me to meet up with him. He also is a healer, I think. She's like, he. I remember him taking healing classes. And, you know, even if he doesn't want to help, I'm just going to steal healing supplies from the House of Achilles, whom Castor belongs to, and uh, I'll just fix Athena right up. So Laura sneaks into the House of Achilles headquarters. She's very familiar with it because as a child, her mom and dad were too busy either working or... Um, you know, they just didn't have the time or the energy or the money to train Lore the way that she needed to be trained in order to be a hunter. So they made a deal with the House of Achilles for Lore to to do her training there. And she was always an outcast there. Nobody really liked her except Castor. But this gives her the knowledge to sneak into their headquarters and figure out what's up. Um, so there we discover that someone actually did manage to kill Apollo at the last Aegon. I think they all knew he was dead, but it was like kept top secret about which house benefited. Yeah. I think they didn't even really know if he was dead or not. It was just like, no one had heard. It seems like Apollo died probably. Yeah. yeah. Kind of in the same way Hephaestus probably died, but like, it seems like, yeah, they definitely both did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which was not like, I was, at this point I was like, obviously Hephaestus is going to show up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did not. <laughs> I at least thought, like, you know, at the end, like a Deus Ex Machina with Hephaestus, where he's like, no, stop fighting. There's another way. I no, he's fully dead, dead. thought a specific thing with Hephaestus that I will say what my theory was when mm-hmm. we get to a point in the book that that won't be a spoiler for something else. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. It is revealed here at this point in the book someone did manage to kill Apollo at the end of the last Aegon and assume godhood. Guess who it was? It was 12-year-old, bedridden because of his illness, Castor. How did he manage to kill a god? Nobody knows. Not even Castor. He's like, I just woke up this way. I don't know. I floated around as a fart cloud for seven years, and now I'm manifested as me again. (laughs) Me if I was hot and older. That that was also wild to me, that it's like he got got at the end of the last Aegon, Mm -hmm, and... mm -hmm. Caster like got his godhood or whatever and became so like when they become the when they get their godhood they can physically manifest and most of them do that immediately and just kind of take a form similar to the form that they've been chilling in you know um Mm -hmm. but Caster didn't know what the fuck was going on and had issues controlling the powers and whatever so he just poofed out into the ethos for you know seven years but then came back as an age appropriate like dude for thank god he didn't come back as a 12 year old (laughs) right a 12 year old or just be like i want to be an adult now like because also like did he yeah like how much cognizance did he have as a fart cloud because like how do you how do you grow up like is is, mentally is he still a 12 year old you know like yuck yeah that's a good question right like because i feel like we're supposed to see him as a you know 19 year old Uh um yeah who is age appropriate has the maturity of a 19 year old but like a lot of growing and maturing comes from interacting it's with other being sources a fart cloud for your entire just, length yeah, of puberty just hanging out in the in the aether <laughs> how did so he like, even learn to up? talk with his peers right <laughs> 
Oh, excellent questions that I hand waved away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just troubling when you drill down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't 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 look at it too closely. It'll ruin everything. <laughs> uh, but anyway, on on the surface, the house of Achilles seems very happy to have Castor as the new Apollo, but. In actuality, uh, the head of the house of Achilles tries to assassinate Castor and take over his god powers, but then Lore pops out of her hiding place from wherever she was after she'd snuck in, and she's like, no, I'll help you fight off these attackers. Um, so it turns out that some some of the hunters of the house of Achilles have decided to side with the house of Cadmos and Wrath. So Wrath has basically threatened the house of Achilles and said, hey, Castor, you new little wimpy god who can't control his powers, join me. Fight for me on my behalf, uh, team up, or I'm going to kill everybody in the House of Achilles. And Castor was like, I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I'm 12. I'm 12, actually, <laughs> even though I look like a hunky 19-year-old. I'm 12. Thank I'm you. actually 12. <laughs> but I feel I'm like, actually, him having the mentality of a 12-year-old kind of makes a lot of sense with how, like, black and white his yeah, thinking is a lot of His moral code is very 12-year-old. You know? <laughs> Um, so yes, <laughs> he, he, there's an assassination attempt from within the house. He and Lore fight that off. But then Artemis shows up. She's really mad at Castor because Apollo is her twin. And without him, the, the two of them, you know, were the original gods still alive after millennia. Um, pissed. They made it She's this pissed. far, baby. She, yeah. And now, and now she seems to have lost a little bit of a grip on reality. She's taken over by this need for vengeance. Um, just attempts to kill Castor with some bows and arrows and Castor says, Care Bear stare and shoots a big sunbolt thing at Artemis and he and Laura are able to escape. Tight. Yeah. So Laura's like, I come home with me. I need you to, I need you to do me a real quick favor. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just come with me. (laughs) So (laughs) they go, they go back to Laura's house. They also take with them a messenger from the house of Achilles is in a, a character named Evander. He goes by Van. He was another of Castor's childhood friends, kind of rivals with Lore, like in a way that he was just jealous they were so close and he in didn't a way have that someone. It was very predictable that he was horny for Castor. Mm-hmm. Even and... though he denied it vehemently. Yeah. He was like, no, no, no. It was because you were so self confident and I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It okay. was because you had boobs and caster like that and caster is straight i'm sorry dang it but van is van is a very useful character and i liked him a lot i don't really highlight him a lot in the in the um summary unfortunately Mm. but he's a little good he's a hacker boy um the messengers of the houses are basically used as like literal message deliverers or spy masters or you know, like uh, just j- things that need to be done on the sly. That's all stuff the messenger can take care of. And they kind of get a little bit of a free pass to go from house to house without being immediately killed. So that's cool for him. But um, Van delivers the news that the House of Cadmus has killed Hermes, as we all saw in the beginning in the prologue that we read. Um, and he has also taken Tidebringer, who is the new Poseidon. And everyone's unsure of her status. It's it's a big deal for a current god to kill another god. So if a mortal kills a god, then they are reborn as a god and they take that god's powers. But if a god kills another god, that's that's you don't it. get to double that up. ends it. Yeah, there's no there's no um re resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> you only get 
one dip out of the god bowl. No yep, that's dip. it. That's it. And that's how Hephaestus died is because someone, I, I don't remember who it was, but someone a few Aegons ago or maybe even, it's like one of the first Aegons, mm-hmm. they, they killed a god and then they killed Hephaestus and then they didn't acquire Hephaestus's powers and Hephaestus was never seen again. So hope he's doing all right, Hephaestus. I don't know where he ever ended up. That's not resolved. Doesn't matter. I mean, I think they're all just dead now, right? Like, that's kind of what the like book... Like, dead, dead. Yeah, because of the, the mm. dead death dream scenes that we get. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to understand that they're just they're, dead. They're chilling with Hades. Yeah, yeah. I was Maybe thinking it was like, <laughs> that was the secret once you perma-died, then you got to go back up to Olympus. Like, that was the secret. I mean, secret, it kind of is, but, but it has to be the specific yeah. way to die. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm wondering if, like... The seven that don't didn't do that get a redo at some point, you know, like yeah, to try again. I, I hope this. that seems shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, gods are vengeful, so. Yeah. Um, the House of Theseus is also sided with Wrath. So there's like this is a sizable group of people working with the House of Cadmus and Wrath to for what we don't know yet. We don't know why they're doing all of this, other than that they are looking for something, or I don't. We don't know. Um, the House of Theseus is not mentioned ever again. <laughs> yeah. Just know they're I, there. They're hanging out. I feel like they're just kind of the red shirts of this whole thing. Pretty like, much. Yeah. Anytime a hunter dies, it's probably a House of Theseus. It's probably um. House of Theseus. <laughs> uh, anyway, Castor heals Athena, even though she's mad to see him and tries to kill him immediately. MBD. They all decide to work together. Um, they are under the belief that Wrath is looking for, um, after, after like talking about it for a while, like, what could it be? What could it be? Wrath is looking for a different version of the Aegon poem, a version that tells him how to win the Aegon and end it forever. So Wrath is under the assumption that there is some sort of goal they are trying to accomplish. There's a win condition. Yes. Van has learned from a source inside of the house of Cadmos that they are planning an attack on the House of Odysseus that evening because they the House of Odysseus has a vault that may contain a version of the poem that they need. I guess they're kind of like some lore keepers. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like I feel like with Odysseus, it was like, okay, Odysseus is known for being like wily and clever and whatever. So it makes sense that they have the they're like the knowledge ones who do the studying and are the nerds. Mm-hmm. Um but then, like, none of the other houses really had, like, defining features. Yeah. It was just kind of like, <laughs> this is the, the broke house. <laughs> and then everybody else is just the same. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of just like you chose you, you chose a, a, a house at the beginning and you had, like, house prides. But other than that, it doesn't really mean anything. Like, yeah. I don't know. What's your aesthetic, I guess? And I guess... Maybe it would kind of vary depending on like which god. If you were had a god like someone exalted in your house at the time, like mm-hmm. your vibe would kind of change. Yeah, like obviously the the Cadmus Cadmus the house Cadmus are like really war hungry right now because they've got because of Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that also kind of has an effect on it because right now Odysseus has. The Aphrodite, Aphrodite, right? who's been renamed as Heartkeeper. Yeah, but that's not a particularly like studious god in mythology. So I don't yeah, know. it's interesting. Interesting. I wish we had kind of gotten more into uh, what Aphrodite's powers are, other mm-hmm. than I think there's like 
you know, the charm ability. Yeah. But, you know, we don't really have time. The chill out. The chill out power. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody calm the fuck down power. Uh, So, um, Castor is like, hey, Lord, you have an inn at the house of Odysseus, right? Because when your family died, didn't they house you? Uh, and she's, and she's like, yeah, I became very close friends with this girl named Iroh. Uh, she was the daughter of my mom's old BFF. So basically, Lore's mom used to be from the house of Odysseus until she married Lore's dad and then joined the house of Perseus. Uh, but the family kind of like cut off ties. Which so, that's also wild to me that they like disowned her for going yeah. over to Perseus. I mean, I guess because the house of Perseus sucks now might have been the thing. Because like in general, they there clearly are intermarriages happening because yeah, we find yeah. out in a flashback. At the one world point. is very small that they yeah. belong to, and like you would think you'd want to get as many intermarriages as possible so that you're not like no, it's just like warriors. Yeah, it's just warrior cats all it's over warrior again. Cats. <laughs> Odysseus clan. Um, but so Laura does have a tie to the house of Odysseus, but she says no. I'm pretty sure they'll kill me if I set foot back there. And she doesn't elaborate with the group, but we do get later on in kind of like some flashbacks that the 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 very big reason that she is not with the House of Odysseus anymore is because she killed the head of the house as he was trying to sexually assault her. So as a as a thirteen year old. As a thirteen year old, yeah. So, you know, um sounds like a very cool place to grow up as a teen. <laughs> but she she basically thinks that like even though it was justified uh, that this man died, uh, that they she thinks they will want to exact revenge. So she's like, I don't, I can't really, I'm not gonna risk it, or especially right now, I'm not gonna risk it. Maybe later we can try and open up communications. But, uh, but then they're like, oh well, we have a messenger, and maybe our messenger Van would be able to get in. But Van is like, no, I have to meet with a source tonight, so I can't be in two places at once. And Miles, the unblooded, is like, well, I'll go meet the source. That's something I can do. I know my way around New York City. I know how to carry a briefcase full of money. Just tell me where to go and when when to be there, and I'll do it. And there's a lot of arguing about it. Like, oh, we can't let him do it. He's weak. He doesn't have any powers. Blah, 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 blah. I can't introduce him to our world. Uh, but then eventually they're like, this is the only option we have. So Miles goes on his merry way. He does that. The plan for everyone else is for Lore to lead them to the House of Odysseus HQ and then Van will approach and he'll be like, hey, let's let's create a truce between the remaining House of Achilles and House of Perseus people uh, and you guys. And we'll trap Wrath. Athena will kill Wrath. Job well done. The book will be over. Sounds great. Uh, that doesn't happen, unfortunately. They get of to. Not. Of course not. That would be that would be so simple. They get to the House of Odysseus headquarters. And guess what? Wrath is already there beating the Damn shit out it. of Heartkeeper. It's like, open the vault, open the vault. And Heartkeeper's like, no. I was confused by this whole situation. A lot of the action-y scenes were confusing. Yeah, I was like, because Heart, like, there's, he's like killing people to get Heartkeeper to tell him where I, to get, okay. Yeah. So he wants the vault to be open. Uh Uh-huh. And Heartkeeper says no. And Heartkeeper says no. So he's like, bring me his daughter, Iroh. And I'll torture Um, her until And I'll torture her and then he'll tell me. And like, that's wild because- whatever uh he he also has a child and doesn't give a shit about that kid so yeah. you would think he would Poor know that Balin that doesn't matter or whatever his name uh, is. <laughs> uh so he's like killing people until they bring him iroh and then at some point someone's like iroh's in the vault mm-hmm. and then he's like still trying to get iroh but i'm like but if you get iroh the vault will buy be open it will so be open like- 
So you need to come up with a different plan other than get Iroh to get the vault open because once the vault's open, you no longer need Iroh. But he's still, like, really hung up on getting Iroh. And yeah. I think, like, later it's kind of implied that he's, like, just horny for her. That could um, be. Yeah, I think but, he just wants powerful child brides. Yeah, so gross. But Very gross. I, I also just More like, on why, that later. Why do you not? Why do you? Why do you need Iroh if the vault's already open? And then at one point, like Iroh gets out of the vault and they get in the vault. I don't know. Yeah. So, so this scene, um, yeah, like we said, he he's like, I'm gonna torture Iroh until you open the vault for me. Um, the House of Odysseus does this cool "I am Spartacus" thing, uh, but then there's one guy who's like, she's in the vault. And then Lore, they're spying on all of this. They've got all this. And Lore's like, there's a secret back way into the vault. They always build a secret back way into the vault so that the people can escape. So if we go in the back way, we can go get Iro out I, or Iro out. And I don't know why Iro wouldn't just sneak out the, the back, back way. way. Yeah. Whatever. And then there's a fight. And Heartkeeper, Heartkeeper is killed by Wrath. Wrath escapes. But in the, basically, they go in the back way. They see Iroh. They all they all get into a fight. Iroh panics and screams when she sees her dad is dead. Uh, I think one of them knocks Iroh out, so she just is like quiet and and they can <laughs> contain her and take her with them. Um, but yeah, that I didn't. I was like, why did? I don't know. It was a fight. And then like they don't when they're in the vault, they don't try to. They find, don't find the poem. Yeah, they don't even look yeah. for the poem. They're, they're just, just like, like we gotta get Iroh out of here and go. <laughs> okay. Iroh, who like ultimately like could could be cut out from the story like i i think there's important like moral lessons i think that we learned from iroh but ultimately like plot wise plot wise doesn't add yeah it doesn't doesn't change the ending so whatever that's fine it was entertaining i guess (laughs) they all meet up again miles is miles shows up and he's like hey here's the info i got from the house of cadmus source so the new dionysus who is named the reveler has sided with Wrath and has been working with him since the last Aegon seven years ago. But the Reveler disappeared at the beginning of this Aegon and Wrath is hunting him down. This is concerning because as is revealed to us, the Reveler and Hermes have been lovers for decades. And they're assuming the Reveler broke off the alliance with Wrath because he saw Wrath kill Hermes. And that's fair. You don't have to be friends with the people that murder your partner. <laughs> I'm always I'm always saying this. Yes, I know. Honestly, it's constantly. It's kind of annoying lesson. how often you say it. <laughs> uh yeah don't <laughs> someone kills your partner that's a, that's don't a, have to be friends with them yeah that's a free pass to mm-hmm. ghost <laughs> so they're like cool new plan we find the reveler we set up a truce with them then we set up a trap to get wrath and we'll kill him great end of story it goes it goes exactly as planned jk but that is their new plan. Um, Iroh also reveals some information here. She's like, yeah, there is a different version of the poem. I don't know what it says. But uh, we have some records in like a chateau in the Alps that there are records that there are there is a different version of the poem. It's inscribed on the Aegis, Aegis shield. And Wrath found out about this. And he also found proof that uh, we were protecting you, Lore. That time your whole family was butchered. Yeah. Uh, so... so- did Wrath think that Lore was in the vault? Because maybe he didn't need the information about the Aegis Shield. He already had that. So what did he need from the vault? That's an excellent question. Why was he there? I think he thinks, oh, this uh-huh. is kind of spoilery. So maybe cut this. I think okay. he thought 
there. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that would, would make sense. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, so and Ira was like, uh, yeah, so I think I think he went after the house of Odysseus to find you, Lore, because he needs you to figure out what the poem on the shield says, because only house of Perseus people can handle the shield or whatever. Um, only house of Perseus can read. Only house of Perseus can read. That's really it's a shame that there's only one of them left. <laughs> there's only one reader in the entire society that Real we've sad. <laughs> You would think it would be us, the house of Odysseus, the nerds, but uh, no, we no. don't cover that. We collect the poems, but we don't get to we enjoy them. them. If there's an audiobook version that you could create for us, <laughs> Lore, that would be much appreciated. So they go to find the reveler. And Iroh is like, I got to go check in on my people. They're now godless and head of houseless. So I got to go. I got to go deal with that. I could. I can't be the leader because I'm a woman, but I can at least rally them all together. So she leaves. They find the reveler. can go do leadery things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Pass out granola bars and water bottles or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know. (laughs) But they find the reveler in an art museum. Um, he's in the basement, like searching for something that he thinks Hermes would have left him. And they're like, Hey, will you help us? And he's like, no. And and after some more questioning, he's like, fine, I will answer. I will agree to answer two questions for you guys, but I will not help you kill wrath. And I will not act as bait to lure him out. So, um, from their questions, we learn he decided to work with wrath because he saw potential in wrath's plan. Obviously only agreed to work with him if he would spare Hermes um and that wrath asked the reveler to find lore that was his only task given to him was find lore um reveler assumed because he thought lore knew where the shield is lore plays dumb she's like the house of cadmus has the shield uh but the reveler is like don't lie to me i'm a god i know you took the shield um he also has a secret conversation with Lore, and he's like, hey, I got to tell you something else. Uh, the reason that I, specifically, the lover of Hermes, was tasked with finding you, Lore, is because you know that old man that you worked for that took you in when you were 13 to be his caretaker, his employee, <laughs> child labor laws, Gil? Yeah, that was Hermes in disguise the whole time. Okay, so here's here was my theory. Yes. Was, first off, I thought Miles was actually going to turn out to be Hermes. Because he didn't say, mm. like, he, Hercules wasn't like Hercules. He was from the House of Heracles. <laughs> the Reveler uh-huh. didn't say, like. The Hercules. <laughs> yes, the Hercules. Disney's Hercules. Um, uh, the Reveler didn't say, like, oh, Gil did it. He was just like, oh, yeah, you've been living with him. He's been protecting yes, you. Yeah, that's right. And then she says, like, do you mean Gil? And he's like, oh, is that what he was calling himself? So, like. I thought this was like a misdirect and Miles was really Hermes. Um, But then later as it went on and it was like more clear that Gil was really Hermes, I thought that Miles might have been Hephaestus, Mm. but he wasn't. Because like why else would he be taking it? Like there was never any reason given to why Miles moved in with them. So Just vibes. (laughs) I guess. They just needed someone else to be in the house so Lore wasn't sad. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but Hermes Gill had given Lore a necklace that she wore every day and he didn't tell her what it was for, but basically what the necklace did was there was an amulet on it that gave, uh, her some of Gil's Hermes's powers that hit, it hid her from the view of the gods. They couldn't and find Miles her. Miles kept trying to get her to wear the necklace the whole book. So Again, I was like, another hint that maybe he was like Hephaestus. He, he was fixed Hephaestus. the necklace. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> Missed opportunity, Alexandra. <laughs> Uh, so that's why, like, Castor couldn't find her when he was a fart cloud. Athena had mentioned trying to find Lore in between Aegons and couldn't do it. Tidebringer also, um, 
was, is mentioned having to try. Like no one could find her. It was a big mystery. Where was lore? Question marks, question marks, question marks. Um, but she was just there in New York City hanging out that whole time. And Hermes was giggling about it. Laura's pissed. She's like, I thought I had left the life. I thought I, thought I, was I had free. a real friend. I thought I had a real friend. I thought I, thought I had a real old man friend. <laughs> My best friend. But I always a wanted. A 70-something year old man. Uh, how could he betray me this way? Basically, like, my life was was just, I was, again, a pawn of the gods this entire time. Even though, like, to me, it seemed for all intents and purposes, like, Hermes Gill was very nice and loving towards her the whole time. Like, had genuine affection towards her. Um, wanted the best for her. Provided for her after his fake death. So he, he Gill died uh, six months before the Aegon because he would have disappeared when the mm. Aegon started because he would have become Hermes. So it's like just to avoid any awkward questions, he just died six months early. Uh, <laughs> but then Hermes actually died. Um, and what we, what I didn't mention earlier is that necklace, she is wearing it when she fights Castor, uh, which is the first day of the Aegon and the necklace breaks in that fight. So it's kind of like a whole big thing about, you know, the necklace no longer providing her um, protection. And that's why Athena could find her and Castor could find her, et cetera, et cetera. And I think also, like, it breaks because Hermes dies, right? Like, yeah. the power on it breaks because of his death. Yeah. But it's kind of played as, like, oh, yeah, it's like got double. My, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a big it. surprise reveal here. <laughs> um, so, and then Laura and Reveler having this conversation, and then an arrow just punches right through the Reveler's throat. Awesome. Cool. Love that. More fighting. Hunters show up. The group is like, we're outnumbered. We got to escape. Caster's like, let me heal Reveler before we leave. But Athena just r- runs over and snaps the Reveler's neck instead. Why? Her excuse is that he was beyond saving. Don't want to risk anyone else obtaining his powers. And Castor's like, yeah, but he could have been fucking alive. What? Athena's like, we don't have time for this. And they all just escape. <laughs> I also enjoyed with, uh, I don't remember if it was this exact scene, but just the fact that, you know, Arrow. I uh-huh. liked that they were using all of these archaic weapons and that we got an explanation for it because the original poem said blade, so no one wanted to risk using a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was just like, better not mess around. Don't want to ruin, yeah, yeah. Don't want to miss out on the god's soup. <laughs> Don't want Zeus to be even angrier than he already is. Um, one one of the hunters in the scene is Wrath's mortal son, Balin. He and Lore have a fight. Um, she wins, but instead and of cuts killing, his thumbs off. Yes, she's just like this. Will be a better message because he'll no longer be able to hold a weapon again. Metal. So sucks to be Balin. Fuck. Yeah, and she's like, "Run back to your papa. This will be a message from me. <laughs> Tell him I took your thumb." <laughs> and Caster's like, "Lore, this is so bad. Why did you do this bad, bad thing, you bad girl?" Uh, and Lore's like shut up you big hunky boy and she kisses him to distract him and Castor's like into it for a little bit and then he cuts off the kiss saying something like I'm 12 I'm 12 years old uh come back to me when you mean this kiss or something like that and then he runs after Balin and Laura's like oh and follows like she's like why won't he just let Balin go back so okay so Castor his he thought he feels it is a bad thing that lore don't, don't took, do any violence took Balin's thumbs 
Instead of just killing him? I don't uh, Right, because Castor has killed multiple people at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Like just and Balin was a threat to her life. She right. spared what him. What was she supposed to do? She only took his thumbs. Yes. She And she thought, she's like, I could have killed him. That would have been easy, though. I'm going to do it, this instead. It was a reasonable so and restraint. measured response. Yes. And Castor was like, this was bad of you. This was terrible, and you're a bad person. And I'm, I'm disgusted. The, epitome of morality i guess <laughs> as only a 12 year old could be as only a 12 year old could be uh, laura follows her big dumb 12 year old boyfriend and he <laughs> they get to rockefeller center and balen's like haha you fell into my trap and he like my thumb trap my thumb trap he pushes a button i guess with how did a finger. he do that without <laughs> i know thumbs. he was like holding a controller in his hand and i'm like okay but which how did he push the buttons <laughs> But he set off a bomb at Rockefeller Center um, and he runs off. Lore and Castor and eventually Athena show up, uh, shows up and they set about trying to save as many civilians as possible. But Castor passes out. He uses too much of his powers. He's burnt out. So they return back to Lore's home once again. They're hanging out at home, having some discussions about everything, their feelings and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they see on the news, Wrath has decided to respond to Lore's message of Balin no thumbs. And <laughs> he goes a little too hard. Like, just, Wrath, this was unnecessary. He needs to check himself. He does. So um, basically, he puts two small girls who are representative of Lore's sisters, who one was a literal baby, at the time of her death, uh, and puts them in a brazen bull. You can look that up if you want to. I don't really want to talk about how these children died, but he also leaves a message that says, bring it back. Um, what is the it? Probably the shield. Everyone's like, explain lore. And she's like, I don't know, he's obviously looking for the shield, but I thought he had it this whole time. How weird. How weird. How weird. That's so weird. Laura, you shouldn't lie to your friends. You should. Some of them. Some of them, maybe. <laughs> maybe the 12-year-old doesn't need to be as involved as he is. Um, Castor, who has recovered at this point, Castor's like, well, I think our next plan of attack should be to find Artemis and make an alliance with Artemis because she's the only other original god left. We need, we need her powers. Athena's like, no, that's dumb. Artemis want to do that. She was mean to me. She was mean to me. She can no longer be reasoned with. Instead, what we should do is destroy troop morale by stealing their weapons and shit. Make them lose faith in wrath. Besides, the only reason Castor wants to meet up with Artemis is to see if she knows how he became a god. No, we still don't know how Apollo died. Um, and uh, there's a big argument Van gets a message from his House of Cadmus contact. He's like, I have some more information for you about Wrath's movements, but I will only speak with Miles. Bad vibes all around. Why do you only want to speak to the weakest person involved in this entire thing? But Miles the Unblooded is like, I will do it. I want to help out. Uh, so they let him go off and do his thing. They text Iroh to have her do the weapons hit on Wrath's hunters. Iroh agrees and... Uh, Laura's like, if, if, you know, if the weapons thing doesn't work out, then, then we'll go look for Artemis. But Castor, this, Athena said it's not a good idea. I'm going to, I agree with Athena. Castor's a little bit pouty, but he's like, okay, fine. I will wait, figure out my origin story later. Uh, we have a little bit of downtime 
uh, while Miles is off running his errand. Athena and Lore do some bonding. Do have um, a philosophical discussion about the misogyny inherent in Greek myths and mm-hmm. what that means for Athena as a, a woman trying to hold up uh, yeah. Lore, another woman, and is that hypocritical? And is is you know it was, it was a good conversation. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then Lore starts to receive some SOS messages from Miles. He's been taken by some hunters and left as very obvious bait at a park. And Laura, again, texts Iroh, and she's like, you need to meet us at this park. We need your help. They go to save Miles, but actually, it's a trap that has been set by Artemis. Oh, no, Artemis. She still really wants Caster dead. Can you believe that? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The person who she thinks killed her twin. Once I'm dead. The whole time, what? like, Caster's yelling at her, like, were you there when Apollo died? Tell me. Tell me, please. I need to know how he died. <laughs> Why would you? She's obviously very upset about it, my yeah, dude. Yeah, maybe stop talking about the death so much. <laughs> maybe focus on something else. Like, I could be your twin now. We could try that. Yeah. Like, Artemis, I'm cool, too. Let's let's have a sleepover. Yeah. Get to know each other. Some do each other's bonding. hair. Yeah. That's what 12-year-olds would do. <laughs> exactly. You need to use your 12-year-old abilities to your to your uh, advantage here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Van gets Miles to safety because they're they're going to become a couple. And then Lore, Caster, and Athena all go off to fight Artemis. Artemis dies. Everyone's like, wow. Glad we made it out alive. That sure was a big fight. <laughs> Read the book to find out more. And then as they're all <laughs> cheering at the fact that they survived Artemis and Arrow pierces caster straight through the heart and he falls down dead <gasps> what a twist. Anime betrayals. what a twist who did it who could have shot this arrow now that artemis is dead laura turns around and comes face to face with her former bestie iroh <gasps> laura and iroh fight it out iroh's like we had we needed a god we needed someone to ascend to godhood and and uh, or else the house of odysseus is gonna die out wah, 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 talking to the lone survivor of the house of perseus whatever um yeah. A little, little tone deaf. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, and then as they're fighting, Caster just stands back up and he's like, huh, I guess just I can't kidding. die. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm for real, real immortal. <laughs> I'm so much better than the rest of these gods. Uh, so, you know, it was almost an interesting twist in a YA novel with the with the male love interest dying, biting but... it. No, uh, Iroh sees him stand up and she's like, holy shit. She runs away. <laughs> she's like, this is not what I expected. I don't like it. Um, and then Athena starts like grilling Castor of like, how did you kill Apollo? How did you get his powers? The fact that you can't remember is so super convenient. <laughs> and Laura's like, you know, Athena's right. That is real weird. And t- Castor, his 12 year old sensibilities get offended and he leaves. So now it's just Athena and Laura out on their own. Two girls palling around town off to kill some gods two girls having a great time out on the Mm -hmm. town they're the best of friends having so much fun together (laughs) then there's a flood (laughs) it's a big flood i think it takes over all of new york city just the biggest flood it's a big old flood biblical style like a poseidon sized like a poseidon sized flood and they're like wow tidebringer must still be alive uh definitely working with with raft there was also a thing with Artemis where she was like, there's a monster in the river mm-hmm. that could kill gods and men. Mm. And then this happens. And then this happens. Yeah. Um, 
they decide we need to go find Wrath and 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 end this once and for all. So uh, they they swim <laughs> to the House of Cadmus property. Uh, I don't know. I don't like. I'm trying to decide. Like, how devastating was this flood supposed to be? Because they find Unclear. it very easy to get around town. I think that later they say that essentially the flood's purpose was to knock out emergency services. Mm-hmm. So I guess it doesn't and have to gather be, people in shelter. Yeah, and to yeah. get people like uh, ready for the big, the big, the big disaster. Big disaster um, yeah. So I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be that bad, but pretty bad. Like standing water in the yeah. entirety of New York City. I don't know, but yeah, they just they just they get there. They walk around. They're fine. Um, they come up to this house of Cadmus property and in its depths, they, it's a very big basement. Lore conveniently remembers at this point. At the exact moment they're standing outside of it. She goes, she's like, oh, yeah, I know that place. That's Cadmus place. And also it's called like, it's address. It's on River Road. River 111. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gang. (laughs) Uh, It's a little too on the nose. A little bit, little bit. (laughs) Um, it has a very big basement, though, and in its depths, they find Tidebringer in a prison cell. And Tidebringer tells him a little bit about her story. She's like, yeah, I was given the choice of either dying or serving wrath. So I was like, I'll work with him, hopefully live through the Aegon, and then take my revenge seven years from now when I'm when we're all mortal again. And that'll be great for me, specifically. Um and she and and they're talking a little bit more about like yeah we need to hunt down Wrath before he finds out about the poem and Tidebringer is like oh honey he already knows I about know, the poem don't be silly he's not about the poem for years the he the can shield read. was in yeah he can read <laughs> spoilers the House of Perseus aren't the only ones that can read he had the shield for years you don't think they ever just looked at it even though it, they couldn't use it yeah I, I think it's dummy. like under under the leather or something and yeah they yeah. just like had to pry up some leather and look at <laughs> they it just had to look harder at it um so she's like yeah it's it's not about him finding the poem it's about you guys stopping him from winning because he's gonna he's gonna like his plan is set to go off in hours within hours of today right now it's gonna be over um out in the hallway they hear some hunters and athena's like i'm gonna go deal with those hunters that you didn't kill you little wimpy lore um and while she's gone tidebringer is like the fuck are you doing hanging out with athena and Laura's like, I don't know. She just like showed up. We made she's a deal. She's so chill. It's, she's cool. I like her. She's, she's like chillest. my mentor, kind of. And Tidebringer, we're like, like best friends. <laughs> Athena. I mean, Tidebringer is like, you need to stay away from Athena. She knows everything. Hermes told her everything. And then Athena comes back into the room and kills Tidebringer. Oh my God! What a twist. I'm. I didn't see Top this coming. Top ten to be anime honest. betrayals. Yeah. I totally ignored the part where she just like killed Dionysus earlier. I didn't see this coming. I was like, oh, oh my no, god, I didn't Athena. either. <laughs> I was kind of, and like I said, I was pretty bummed about this after they had that like girl power moment. Yes, I was like, <laughs> why were you so fake, Athena? <sighs> but it, I, in retrospect, I really liked it because it mm. was like in that whole thing they talk about um, like myths and like how how. Uh, Athena's brothers and father and relatives were terrible to women and she didn't do anything to support women and Mm -hmm. she comes back with like number one she says that she because Laura specifically brings up Medusa and Athena comes back with like oh yeah but I actually did that to protect her Mm -hmm. um, to give her something to fight like again you know like to to give her the ability to fight yeah 
And that is misogyny. That is a common like reimagining of the Medusa myth now and like especially in feminist circles that's like Mm -hmm. a lot of like people will say like oh you know Athena gave Medusa the power to like stand up to to people and whatever that's why she gave her this transformation but like that's not really necessarily most of the myths at the time um Mm -hmm. did not take that stance at all it was meant as a punishment um awesome so so there is kind of that like even in her like telling this story about like oh but i'm actually such a friend to women and i help other boss babes boss babe like (laughs) that she's using like these the the way that stories are told to legitimize you know her actions which actually were very shitty right yeah um so it was it was well done i think this twist yeah. it, it made sense when it happened like it just looking sucks back women are all mean in this yeah all the women <laughs> suck but also most of the men suck too yeah a lot of people suck <laughs> interesting to read about though yeah so we get our villain monologue here's what happens um so seven years ago uh the last Aegon, before wrath was wrath he was just a mortal head of the house of cadmus he asked lore's dad if he could marry lore he would be gracious. He would wait until she was 12 and had her first period, ready to have kids, barf. Gross. Dad was like, no, you, first of all, you just want her because you guys have the shield and you want one of your future children to be able to wield it. I see you. I see what you're doing. Secondly, like, ew, no, gross. She's 12. Um, I think like Laura's family, uh, although it is very sad that, you know, their whole house died out kind mm-hmm. of benefited from that by having to like live in the real world whereas everybody else is very insular and basically mm-hmm. culty mm-hmm. um so like Laura's family has to deal with things like paying rent and whatever yeah maybe has a more modern idea of how women should be Bless. treated versus like everybody else who's like selling their 10 year olds to each other always a silver lining to be yeah. the to last be. of your line um and then as some more conversation happens here, Lore gets really mad, attacks someone in Wrath's home while they are guests of Wrath, which is a huge offense, like Red Wedding style sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward a bit. Lore's parents, uh, the, 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 the Aegon is going on. Lore's parents aren't able to kill any gods. So like their kind of last ditch effort was like, if we can kill a god and ascend, we can save our daughter from whatever is about to happen to her or whatever people want to happen to her. But unfortunately, wrath becomes wrath. Um, The house of Perseus has nothing. So they're like, we're boned. They tell their kids, we got to quit the hunt. We got to quit being hunters. We got to move somewhere nice and safe and just get out of this life. Lore, a 10 year old is like, fuck no. I love being a hunter. This is my destiny. You are all cowards and I hate you. She sneaks out of the house. She leaves a window open. She sneaks out of the house, steals the Aegis, Aegis, I don't know how you say it, from the house of Cadmus and hides it away. She also doesn't want to leave because her best friend, Mm -hmm. Castor, is uh, on his deathbed, essentially, at this point. Um, So she's like, and she's being very uh, 10 about it. There's a lot going on. Yeah, like not really reconciling with the fact that he's going to die. She's very like, I will become a god and save him sort of thing. Yes. Um, You are all cowards for giving up on Castor. Yeah. So again, that sort of 10, 12-year-old black and white thinking that, you know, she grows out of, but. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she had a lot going on for 10 years old. Yeah. 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 Um, So she hides away the shield. And when she comes back home, she sees her whole family has been murdered. Um, and she's always just assumed it was the house of Cadmus did this in revenge for everything. But in actuality, the person who came to her home and murdered her family was Athena. 
So Hermes had seen Lore steal the shield, and he told Athena about it because Athena threatened to kill the reveler if he didn't tell her whatever he was he saw. Um, so Athena knew she went to torture the information out of Lore's family. Like, where is the shield? Where is Lore? They honestly had no idea what happened. So they just all ended up dying. That sucks so bad for them. Truly. Like, imagine you get woken out of your bed in the middle of the night and some god is like, where's your kid? And you're like, I thought she was I didn't even know she was gone. And then she uh, she brutally murders you and your two children. God. But yeah, she was was able to get in through the window that Lore left open when she snuck out in the first place. So very salty. Um. And I don't, if you remember, I don't know if I mentioned this at the top, but like the reason Athena wants the shield is because it it was hers. It was hers until Zeus was like, no more shield for you and gave it to the house of Perseus. So, um, so Athena is like, okay, I'll just wait. I'll find lore in between Aegons when I'm at my full godly power, learn where my shield is, and then force this child to surrender the shield to me willingly so that I can wield it. However, Hermes realizing probably, uh, I fucked up. He goes to interfere with this plan by taking Lore in, gives her the amulet to hide her from the view of the gods, protects her, and then ultimately dies for having done that. Um, Wrath is pretty pissed. Athena is pretty pissed. And then once he's dead, Athena could approach Lore. And also Artemis was in on this because Athena had made her a deal. She's like, hey, let's kill all the imposter gods during this Aegon. And Artemis was like, fuck yeah, I'm mad about my brother being dead. So Artemis uh, did stab Athena, but it was on Athena's wishes at the beginning of this. I thought it was that Athena just stabbed herself because I thought Artemis was like fuck no that could also be I I honestly don't remember I don't remember I know Artemis was pissed that Athena threw in with uh, a 12 year old boy yes Castor yeah yeah Castor um but yeah, I I thought that like Athena just did it to herself. That could be also because Athena's Artemis, kind of metal like that. Yeah, and Artemis says something about like she doesn't know what Lore's talking about, I think, or something. Oh. But that might have just been in general to the whole thing. Artemis didn't seem to know a lot of what was going Artemis on around kinda, her. She was just yeah. mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lore hears all of this story, takes in all of this tragedy, and is like, okay. Well, the shield will disappear when the last member of the House of Perseus dies, right? And she stabs herself in the chest. (laughs) And Athena's like, oh, now I have to take you to Castor, who will heal you because he's obviously in love with you. I think also she thought at this point that if she stabbed herself in the chest, that Athena would die as well. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. So there's like multiple motivations here. She's like, seems like a good time to die. (laughs) (laughs) And so Athena like picks up Lore and then she like changes her mind and drops Lore on the ground and leaves her there to die. She's like, I think there's another way to get what I want. And she's like, uh, also the oath thing was fake. We yeah. didn't really do that. BT dubs, why would I ever bind my life to the life of a mortal? Which that seems, that was the, the one thing that I was like, that seems like maybe bad writing there in terms of like, yeah. you just couldn't figure out a way to make it work because we at no point have any reason to doubt that the oath is real. We're not told mm-hmm. like you have to do X, Y, Z thing. And it lore seems- has known about these too. Like it's yes. not a new concept to lore. So it seems like there is an established thing that you have to do, which is basically just say that you're doing it, and then mm-hmm. it happens. Well, she but had her fingers crossed behind her back. So I guess. That's why Athena's <laughs> didn't count. <laughs> um, we get a little dream sequence thing as Laura's dying. Hermes Gill comes to her, and he kind of, like, guides her into not dying. Um, 
we find out that like, he's talking to her in her dream and he's like, come with me. It's not that much further. And what we learn is that like, she was uh, managed to like crawl her way out of the dungeon so that her phone could get signal again because uh, Miles put the find my friends app on her phone. And that's how, <laughs> that's how they find her to save her life. Caster, Caster appears and he heals her, of course. Which and was a hundred percent better. Which was adequately foreshadowed. So yes, it was. They mentioned this earlier in the, yes, it was multiple times. They mentioned find my friends. So, <laughs> Um, Castor and Lore make up, uh, and then go together to get the, a- the Aegis, Aegis <laughs> so shield from where Lore hit it. Castor also announces his love for Lore, and she's like, oh, so that's what I'm feeling. I think I love him too. <laughs> sure. Very I monumental. <laughs> at all about the romantic relationship I didn't either. It would have been like, fine if they just stayed partner like fighting yeah i was like their friendship was fine cute whatever yeah i wasn't like rooting for them to end up with anyone else i was just like yeah i I guess that's fine if they kiss and stuff necessary yeah yeah Yeah. um so they see they get the, the shield and they see the new version of the poem and basically there's a couple of lines that are different in this version of the poem and it implies that someone it would be able, whoever is able to summon Zeus with a smoky altar built by conquest, final and fearsome, will win the Aegon. Cool. Not vague at all. <laughs> they meet back up with the there's game. There's also a line about sacrifice, I think. Yeah, so there's lines like something, something thing. sacrifice, yeah. Something, something, you gotta, something sacrifice. Sacrifices come up. <laughs> some In some way. <laughs> they meet back up with the gang. Uh, and explain everything, including all of Lore's lying to them, blah, 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 blah. And uh, using their combined brain power, they're like, the reason Wrath wanted Tidebringer to do the floods was to make sure a bunch of New Yorkers were gathered conveniently in shelters around the city. And then Wrath will probably use some, like, uh, the the subway tunnels uh, to set up some bombs, and the bombs will go off because everyone in the city, and that'll be his conquest, final and fearsome, and the bombs, you know, smoke from the bombs, cool, that's your altar. Right. I also feel like it's important to note that Tidebringer had said that they were like making some sort of chemical thing yes. um, at the river place because it's kind of implied that Tidebringer is the monster in the river, but actually it's the chemical thing is the yes. monster in the river that can de- the, destroy the gods. The sea fire. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like fire that uses water as fuel, I guess. I, don't know. I think this is a real, mytholo- real mythological thing. That um, makes sense. Yeah. It sounded it sounded made up. <laughs> yeah, but also I think a very similar thing is used in Game of Thrones. So. The green fire stuff. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, this is a very Game of Thrones relevant episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, Iroh comes and she apologizes to Lore and Castor for her the big betrayal. And Castor's like, I mean, I didn't die, so all's forgiven with me. I'm 12. I'm 12. Let We're friends. Ride. Let's be best friends. <laughs> and Lore's like, well, Castor forgave her, so I guess I will too. Because I love him. <laughs> And I'm a woman. My entire personality is this man I've mm-hmm. pledged my troth to. <laughs> so they go to stop Wrath. Um, everyone's got their duties, but the only ones that really matter, Lauren Castor, like, we're going to head into the subway tunnels. We're going to fight them together. But Castor gets held up by some hunters. Lore forges on ahead on her own. We see Athena has teamed up with Wrath, and uh, Wrath's son, Balin No Thumbs, is there. And he's like, Daddy, Athena is bad news. I just know it. Like, this is all very suspicious. And Wrath is like, shut the fuck up, son. And, and kills Athena's him. like, hmm, would be an appropriate time for a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, I think he does die. I think he is killed yes, mercilessly. Uh, so that's cool. Lore fights Wrath, and Athena just watches. <laughs> She's like, 
I think she's just waiting to see who the victor will be. And then we'll try to do her Athena strategy stuff and, and talk her way out of, out of whatever. Or just kill whoever's or left. Or just kill whoever's easier left. easier to take, take on one. Because that's what Laura's idea is, is mm-hmm. have them fight each other. And then she'll take out the other one. But they're like already teamed up. So it doesn't Yeah. Work out. And Caster doesn't show up in time to do shit. So useless man. Um, but then Lore has like this mid battle epiphany about the meaning of the Aegon. And she's like, the whole thing, it has been a test, a test for the ones who betrayed Zeus. The gods must make a sacrifice in order to earn Zeus's forgiveness. So like the whole, like the, the altar and the, and the conquest, like all of that has to be for earning Zeus's forgiveness. Like you can't kill people because you know, that would, that's that why would you not, got in trouble in the first place. place. You, you got big you, dumb idiots. <laughs> so Laura's and she kind of makes the point of like um gods always think of sacrifice as a thing that like is given to them so they don't Mm -hmm. understand like the idea of personal sacrifice yeah so this is why they're so confused about the whole thing (laughs) they're too selfish all of them like I didn't know that to sacrifice something I had to give something up that doesn't sound right (laughs) so Laura's like okay Athena we get it you have daddy issues here take the shield uh take the shield but you have to destroy it. It is, it'll be your ultimate sacrifice. This is the one thing you want more than anything. Take the shield, destroy it, win the Aegon. Um, but as she's explaining this, Wrath comes up and stabs Lore with a poison tip blade, and Lore just begins dying. I think he's going for Athena, but Lore like gets in Steps the way. Steps in the way. Yeah, she yeah. sacrifices. She's wow. like, look, I'm good. Good. <laughs> you got to do the thing, Athena. Athena's like, oh, change of heart, and starts battling Wrath with the shield. And Athena defeats him, but not before he also deals a kind of a killing blow to Athena. And so Athena, she's like, Lore, stop dying. And Lore's like, I can't. <laughs> I can't stop. I'm, I'm on my way to death. And then she's like, okay, well, um, let's hold this dagger together in your hands. And Lore, you kill me and take my powers and save New York City because that's my whole thing. I'm a protector of cities. So take my city protecting powers. Because even though Wrath is dead, the, the explosives are still set to go off. And um, because Athena actually cares about that. Athena like, cares like, about this the is city. A, yes. Like, yeah. I really liked this ending. Mm-hmm. And this isn't quite the full ending. She's but like, like, I just, don't like mortals, but I do love their cities. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, the idea of, because, I mean, she kind of started the whole thing and was, like, destroying cities and shit. And then yes. that's, like, so far away from her true purpose, which is mm-hmm. to protect them, right? she's come back all the way around. Yeah. Good Real job, growth. Athena. You Care did it at the end here. She dies. Athena dies. Uh, the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice. That's, this was the real answer to the Aegon was giving up your life, essentially, so that others could do better things with your powers, I guess. Was she letting a it. human kill you in she a way it. that was relevant to like and what beneficial. you were supposed to be doing. Yeah. yeah. So Athena won the Aegon, but it's not entirely over yet. Um, Lore gets Athena's powers. Caster shows up. He's like, hey, what's been going on here? I finally beat up those five guys. What have you been doing? (laughs) They go around Athena. I mean, Lore just like punches stuff until the bombs are diffused. Sure. Yeah. It's like she goes into this fugue state. So there's been like several points in the book where like Lore just blacks out and gets violent. Uh, This is one of those times. um, And she punches the bombs into submission she punches a hole in the earth so that they go into the earth and then and she just keeps punching the fire the fire goes into the earth mm-hmm. and so it becomes suffocated because it's in the earth and not yes. in water yes. and i'm like sure yeah i didn't know that athena's power was ground punching but apparently it is apparently so that's it fine. is i mean who knows 
It all falls under the large umbrella of protecting the city, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so then we get to the end of the book where basically Lore, Caster, all their friends are gathered on the rooftop of Lore's home. They're waiting for the Aegon to end at midnight because Lore and Caster, as gods now, will disappear into fart clouds at midnight. And we find out that Caster yes. and the Apollo thing was that the same sort of situation of Apollo showed up in his room because he was like on the run from some hunters and he was also found dying. this sick kid there and was like you know what kill me take my powers you'll do at least i'll be doing some good and uh like i'm fucking tired of doing this anyway yeah so again like apollo was sacrificing himself in a way that helped fulfill his original like duty yeah, of he providing medical aid yeah yeah so good job, Apollo. Good job, so Athena. So those two are the only ones who win. All the rest are stuck in Hades All the forever, rest of the gods suck. <laughs> <laughs> Though, I don't know. Maybe Hermes using his power to protect Lore. Nah, because he's in Hades at the end. And oh, that's Apollo true. specifically that's isn't. True. That's true. Because, <laughs> like, she sees... She does. She's like, I she see sees all the gods. seven of them. Yeah, she sees seven of them. And Athena's missing because she's still alive at that point, And Apollo is missing. But she's like, shouldn't so, there be eight? Yeah, she yeah. does say that. So, and Gil is there. So it's like, no, yeah. they, they're all stuck in Hades. They they're don't. all in, yeah. Which really sucks for the, like, or like for pro, poor freaking Hephaestus who got t- taken out in the early rounds. Like, yeah, really. He's trying to get to have any fun. Time to figure out how this whole thing works. Yeah, no one let me have any growth. Damn. <laughs> um. So they're all waiting for midnight to strike, and uh, then Lauren Castor are like, let's pray to Zeus to end the Aegon. And Zeus is like, okay. And then they get to remain mortal the end. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like... There's it a little not, rushed there. But. It's not entirely clear if... Because they're not sure if they're actually yeah. going like, to Are they d- immortal? Do they still have powers? Yeah. Um, but they pray to Zeus and they're still there when the sun comes up. So cool. Yes. Yeah, so they, get, they don't disappear for seven years. And I think they lose their powers because their eyes no longer twinkle. They're not with... golden. Yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. Cool. Fun times. Yeah, it was a really good book. A lot of stuff happens in it. Very action-packed. Give it a shot if you uh, are still interested in uh, reading it after you know how yeah. everything unfolds. So. There's a few things we, we didn't cover, but, you know. Yeah, a few surprises waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. So what would you like to do next in this unit? What are your thoughts? Uh, definitely different pantheons. Let's, okay. let's step away from Greek, maybe. I feel like that's always the instinct, and it's always it is. hard to do. It is so hard to do. We'll try. Everybody's horny for Greeks. I know. Like, come on. There's other interesting uh, uh, cultures and stuff, too. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what we can find, what we can dig up. I mean, worst case scenario, we'll just read I was all of say- the Rick Riordan books. <laughs> I feel like maybe one of the like non Rick Riordan Rick Riordan presents books that would be good might yeah. be a good way to go, um, especially because I do feel like this kind of genre does mm-hmm. owe a lot to that uh, particular you know surge of popularity with yeah. with Mr. Percy Jackson. I agree, and 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 keeping with the theme, I guess, of modern mythology. Do we want to try and only read newer books, or do we want to stay like? contemporary to when the author was writing i think contemporary to when the author was writing um but i would suspect this probably isn't a super old genre yeah i would agree with that uh this does seem like that sort of meta level of stuff that is more popular in the last Mm -hmm. three decades or so yeah i'd agree with that cool 
Awesome. Um, well, before we get to that, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a Meow Meow Monday coming up next week with uh, Warrior's Omen of the Stars, book two, Fading Echoes by Aaron Hunter. And then the week after that, we will be wrapping up our dystopia unit with the last book in the unit, um, which we will be reading The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Oh, I've never heard of that before. Interesting. Okay. Wonderful. Wow. Ooh, the cover looks ominous. It's very um, uh, Handmaid's Tale vibes. Yeah, that's kind of... I was looking at recent dystopias, and it turns out a lot of women are writing Handmaid's Tale abortion politics-esque dystopias for some unknown reason. Huh, huh, huh. Interesting, interesting. Uh, (laughs) Well, cool. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, we will, mm, you know what, we're going to, we're going to show up bleeding out on your doorstop, doorstep, stoop, stoop, and make you make a vow to us to, that you'll, that you'll, uh, could be, could be a reference to lore or could be a reference to politics in America for women Who can say? (laughs) It's rather dystopian, isn't it? (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review, but if you don't, that's all right because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Alexandra Bracken, intolerable pretty much sums up a lot of human existence. Yeah. Which is fair. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a while since I've read a very, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, Like, not plot heavy, but, um, oh, fuck. I was thinking about it. Well, sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm, No, you're good. It's like highly something, highly hmm. contagious. Uh, high conceit. It's like it's it's like high like heavy high conceit. octane. Like a heavy conceit of like there's a lot of oh. pieces oh. that you have to. Um. Oh fuck! I know I know what you're talking you know about. You know what now. I'm talking it's on about? the tip of my tongue. <laughs> uh, like like a like a high like cerebral sort of like high concept high high concept high concept. That's it. We're geniuses. <laughs> <laughs>